Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the main event. You're here with me, Daniel. And Aaron. Aaron, we are a long way apart, unfortunately, for you, because glorious here. So uh, my, my condolences to you in the four degrees, slushy northern weather. How's it been? Yeah, I mean, last week was okay. And I, I think that's when you left, so you must have took it with you. Yeah, I, uh, we got the last the last two days when there was a bit of a heat wave, and then I think the day with the second day that were that we were here, it got real frosty. So yeah, sorry, sorry, England, it's my fault. Yeah, just I bring actually, it, just bring it back with you. That's all that. Yeah. That's all that I want from your holiday. I think it was raining before we got here as well. So right. you're welcome. <laughs> um, Tell us a little we, bit about your travels. Where are, where are you now? I'm currently in Punta Cana. We went to Texas. Yeehaw. And then, yeah, we've, we've done two hotels in, in Punta Cana. We did like a nice, high quality, really relaxing one for five nights. And then we've came to like just a standard, I'm going to get drunk all day kind of, nice. <laughs> kind of place now before we're coming back. But uh, yeah, I've got about four days left. So we, um, I will be doing a Twitter spaces with Lewis and FPL Reactions. Um, to on Tuesday as per hopefully the internet is as good as what it's kind of been now hopefully it all holds out just we are doing that through fantasy football scout which is really exciting for our channel that's the I think that's the first one that we both listened to at work when we used to work together Aaron yeah it was was. it's uh kind of mind-boggling that we've been asked to to do that but happy days long may continue but we do have a preview to go through Aaron so our agenda for today is we are going to talk about team construction at this stage. It's really, really important. Aaron, you're going to have a little dive into the merits of attacking fullbacks versus defensive centre-backs and a few other things. I think you look at the ball recoveries for all the midfielders as well, which is going to be really, really handy because we need some cheap options in the middle. And then we are going to go through each of the games. There aren't many happy days. And then... I'm going to go back out in the sun. So, yay. So, first of all, team construction is very, very important at this stage. Aaron, you sort of fixed in on using your wild card in between the legs still. It, it really just depends on the news that I hear until the deadline. At the minute, um, I have got quite a lot of transfers. I could really go attacking differentials, uh, I would love to get Sadio Mane or even De Bruyne into my team. I can't afford to get any of them in my current transfers. So especially with the way that the rest of the competition looks, um, I am leaning more towards using it. But I still got reservations just in case it all goes wrong. But at least I'll be kind of in and around loads of people who have also used their wild card. So we'll all suffer together. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm rooting for you, mate. I'm sure you can do sure you can do it for the podcast um so i think what what the situation that i'm in that i think a lot of other people are in as well is we may have um prematurely loaded up on some chelsea players they play last against real madrid and i think when we look at the draw there are clearly outstanding favorites for the other three ties in liverpool and man city on the first day Bayern munich on the second day and then that Chelsea-Real Madrid game, in my opinion, is a massive flip of a coin. Real Madrid obviously got battered 4-0 uh, last week against Barcelona, who are much improved now under Xavi. 
fairly fortunate, I think, from some of the reports against Sociedad, uh, 2-1. Three penalties, um, two scored, one missed by Benzema. We'll get into that. Um, and then Chelsea, obviously, getting battered 4-1 up Brentford. Not entirely sure where it goes. And we need, to, we need a plan. We need to attack this. And it, it becomes more than just which players should we have. It comes now down to which teams should we have. So the first priority is obviously transferring out players that you don't have anymore. I think a lot of us are going to have Haller, going to have Anthony, etc. Some of the Ajax boys that, that have unfortunately went out. And it's a case of, right, okay, who do we try and replace them with? For me, you need to be having a minimum of three Liverpool, three Man City, three Bayern Munich as a bare minimum. If you can get the fours on some of these, that's great. But especially Liverpool and Man City, they are the favourites for their ties. And they play, for the first sort of group of fixtures for, the, for this round, they play on the first day, which means that we'll see the lineups. And we know how much of a headache that can be for Man City. Now, I do think it's going to be fairly simple in places. I think it's going to be Edison, John Stone's right back, um, Laporte and maybe Ake if Diaz isn't fit yet, and then Cancelo on the left. And Mares looks like he's going to start because of his benching at the weekend. Bernardo Silva too. So I think there are some guesses that we can make. I think the, the big information is going to be Liverpool with whether Jota or Diaz starts. I think that's going to be massive because they're both around the same price mark and roughly the same price as Anthony. So that's a, a straight swap into them. When we are looking to construct our teams, we need to see how many players do we have from each of these teams. Now, a, a lot of people are going to have Real Madrid players and Chelsea players. And it's a headache because they're playing on the second day. It is a risk. We don't know how the game's going to go. We don't know who's going to go through. If you like me and have like, three or four, I think I have four Chelsea players, no Real Madrid, that needs rectifying. So the second priority after replacing the players that are no longer in the tournament is rebalancing your team based on the teams that are actually playing. So I don't think you should have any more than three players combined from Real Madrid and Chelsea. Now, with me having four to zero, my rebalancing is likely going to be two Chelsea, one Real Madrid, Benzema up front probably, if, if I can't afford him, maybe Vinny, but we'll see. So that's what we all have to be thinking about, first and foremost. It's not about which player do I want. It's look at your team, like prioritise uh, your transfers based on who was in playing, then that Chelsea game, and then you can go into any luxury, luxury transfers that you like to set yourself up for the rounds, and, and particularly so that you're not using loads and loads of transfers for the semis. I wouldn't be overly keen on ditching too many buying players if you've got a lot, because I know that we were discussing that, because I think they've got the easiest semi-final if they go through. Real Madrid or Chelsea. This is, um, I imagine, Liverpool or Man City, which will be a nightmare to predict. So just before we jumped into all of the teams, I think it's important that you don't just listen to, oh, you can have this player, you can have this player, you can have this player, and want everyone. Think of who you have and think of a structure based on the teams playing. So it's nice and simple. And when we go through our teams at the end, I'll try and give an example of what I'm looking at at the moment, which could, of course, change, and especially given the information that you're going to give 
uh, based on fullbacks versus centre-backs and especially holding midfielders because that looks like it's going to be a key area, that midfield. Yeah, so moving straight on to that, um, basically what I did was just a little bit of, I mean, because I remember when we first started this podcast, it was kind of, oh, Aaron loves his stats, Aaron loves his stats, and I feel like I've kind of gotten away from that. So I wanted to, to bring that kind of back in. Uh, so the question is kind of in the team makeup, a lot of people are going to be getting rid of people trying to bring in more premium midfielders and forwards um, and trying to look for budget options. So what I did was put in every single centre-back and full-back who played during the last knockout. Because what I'm trying to do is look specifically at knockouts um, over the two legs and to see who performs well over both. Because ideally our transfers, my opinion, should be going midfielder to midfielder forward to forward, trying to chase the goals um, and minimal in the defence, unless there's red cards, injuries, etc. So granted, because of the way that I've done the stats, some players like Reese James uh, and Diaz missed out uh, just because they didn't play in the knockouts. But what I'm looking for is how teams differ from the league performances in which, yes, we chase fullbacks all the time compared to more intense, uh, edgy knockout ties. So what I did was put in every centre-back, put in every fullback, and uh, before I even looked at the defensive midfielders, I looked at the price, how many points they got in uh, both legs. So I added them together, how many ball recoveries they got over the two legs any yellow cards or penalties given away um, in that time, and then put that in attack and return points. I also put uh, player of the match points in with the attack and returns. Uh, so how likely are they to get player of the match as well? So in terms of, there was a lot more centre-backs that played. There was actually a few, especially because of Bayern Munich, they brought on loads of centre-backs to try and give their centre-backs a rest which that kind of skewed the data a little bit, especially in terms of price, because there was a couple of 4 million defenders that played, even though it was only for like a minute or two. That kind of skewed the data, unfortunately, for it, but not enough to uh, kind of throw us off the conclusion. Um, a lot less fullbacks, but basically looked at the average price of those who are still playing. So you're looking at 5.3 million per centre-back who still plays in the knockouts and you're looking at 5.6 for fullback. So there's not actually a big price difference. Obviously you want the premiums on both sets, then you're probably the prices won't matter too much, but just if you're chasing like a budget option, just knowing that you have about 5.3 per slot to play with, and that can help you kind of pick how many defenders you want. Something I found interesting just on the price is that on teams like what you've just said to target, Chelsea, like uh, with Chelsea especially, but we, you didn't say to target them, but Liverpool, uh, Man City, their fullbacks are so expensive that it's pretty obvious, like, right, but we know what they can do in FPL. The other teams, though, their centre-backs are more expensive than the fullbacks. So in literally every other team except for Man City and Liverpool, the fullbacks are cheaper, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, so the how pricey Kimmich, Cancelo, 
Trent and Robertson are really skew the data in favour of the fullbacks. But um, I thought that was quite interesting, just in terms of if you are looking to choose between Atletico Madrid centre back or fullback, the prices aren't too much of a difference unless you're getting Savage. Um, and so for ball recovery points, there was quite a lot. You obviously had Thiago Silva's amazing performance, but basically on average, a um, a centre back gets seven ball recoveries a game. Well, two. over over the two, um, over the two legs. So you're looking at about one extra point each. So they're going to get you seven ball recoveries each centre back over the two legs. However, did you for that? Did you include like the Bayern Munich players that came in for half an hour, twenty minutes? No, I remove I remove them. Um, because they skewed the data, um, and so, but yeah, basically it's it's seven ball recoveries because there was a few who, who did play a good bit and didn't get any ball recovery points. Uh, the Chelsea centre backs uh, in the first leg, uh, for example, um, Villarreal. I had a few where they didn't get any ball recovery points, um, and so, but for a full back they averaged nine ball recovery points over the two legs, which I thought was quite interesting how the fullbacks get more uh, on average. So in terms of centre-backs, fullbacks, it seemed that the centre-backs got more involved. The person who got the most ball recovery points fullback-wise was Pavard, interestingly, got 19 ball recoveries over the two legs. So that is, I thought that was quite interesting. He's 5.8. Like the centre-back in the three? You uh, yeah. yeah, they potentially did. I can't remember too much. I'm just looking at the numbers. <laughs> um, but I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, but then you had like a lot more people. You had Lodi who really, really skewed the data because of his goal um, and assist in the first leg. He got... He got um, nine attack and return points over the the two legs. So just to kind of briefly summarize it, um, other than Thiago Silva, who got 21 ball recoveries, the next highest were all fullbacks. So you had uh, Pavard, you then had Hernandez, and then you had Alexander-Arnold, and then it goes back to centre-backs. So I think that's quite interesting. I'm happy to put this up into a graphic so we can share it on Twitter uh, afterwards if needed. But um, in terms of attack and returns, though, which I also thought was interesting, basically 0.75 for attacking points for a centre-back and 0.83. So it's actually not that far in terms of... And people like uh, Van Dyke got a lot um, in that regard. And so basically because they weren't as solid, um, it basically, from what I drew from the data, it showed that fullbacks, not only for the, even though the attack and returns aren't that much different, they seem to be the first point of of defence, especially if a team plays a lot through the wings. Um, And so if a team, for example, is going to go up against I think most teams left in are probably the best players or wingers. Uh, just trying to think off the top of my head. 
maybe Man City, but you're probably not going to go Lodi against Man City. Um, so that made me think, like, right, what midfielders could I potentially cut to get the same production? So because the defenders, the average price was 5.6-ish, I did midfielders under 6 million and did the same statistics. And uh, basically the best midfielders to get, um, Kante, obviously, 5.7, but with his performance on the weekend, his position's under threat, uh, from especially from a lot of Chelsea fans. Um, they don't, they're not really... He got a great assist for Rudiger, didn't he? It was all about the assist, that goal. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but other than that, um, whichever Man City defensive midfielder plays, because they both played in the one game, Rodri got six ball recoveries um, and Fernandinho got four. So basically that's an extra point for each of them. Fernandinho being 0.5 cheaper. But the player I want to highlight and the two I want to highlight, Fabinho got 18 ball recoveries and he's cheaper than Kante. Um, So if you need to get rid of an Ajax player to potentially Benzema, someone like that, Fabinho, but also Herrera, who's even cheaper than both for Atletico Madrid. 5.2, he played in both legs, 18 ball recoveries. The only downside to him is that he got a yellow card in both games. Um, So, but both Fernandinho... Uh, Fabinho, Herrera, and Wadri uh, got eight points average. Yeah, I don't think Fernandinho uh, is likely to play as he's going to be Rodri. Yeah, exactly. So Rodri is a bit more expensive, obviously. Um, I think that's because he is more of a guaranteed starter. How, how much is Rodri? Uh, six. Six, exactly. So if you've got the money to get up to Rodri, that's not a not a bad play. It just depends, like you say, on how many players do you want from each team. Is is Fabinho worth it when you're probably going to want Jota Diaz, you're probably going to want Salah or Mane, you're going to want Trent or Robbo or both, maybe Alisson in goal. Are we allowed five players per team yet? Yeah, so sticking with Fabinho, um, sticking with the centre-backs of Liverpool, you've got Van Dijk, 6.2 so he's more expensive than Fabinho. He got 15 ball recoveries. So Fabinho got three more um, and plays, played less minutes. Uh, however, Van Dijk got an assist. Um, Matip is the same price as Fabinho, but he only played one of the games and got five ball recoveries. Canate, 5.5, so cheaper. He got six ball recoveries, but he got eight points because of a clean sheet. Yeah. So in terms of, like, if you were looking for that extra Liverpool player and you couldn't afford both Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, I would personally go Fabinho over one of the centre-backs. So that's kind of the assumption I got from, from this. Plus, we saw if Salah's not on the field for any reason, Fabinho's on penalties. And the only downside, I'd say, to Fabinho is... Uh, He's not going to get the four clean sheet points. He'll get one. That's also true. So he needs more to warrant it. But I think at that stage, it's dangerous to compare to centre-backs. I think what we need is to decide. We, we, we all need one of these players to facilitate how expensive everyone else is. 
And I do think we are all going to have to suck it up and pick the best of a bad bunch. Not that these are bad players, these are world-class players. But obviously it's not a, you know, they're not fantasy football dreams, are they? Yeah. Something I thought that was quite interesting was also in terms of minus points. Um, fullbacks are more likely to get yellow carded um, than centre-backs, according to what I found in the data. The, of all the centre-backs... There was only four yellow cards given. However, in terms of the full backs, there was uh, five yellow cards and one penalty given away. So, uh, which was Carvajal. So, um, you're more likely to get minus points, but the attack and return potential for a full back is probably a lot higher. Kimmich yeah. as well, also not being an actual full back, um, kind of messes with this a little bit, but. Um, is still one of the best options if you can afford him. Well, let's go through the games, Aaron. Let's do it. So the first game that I want to talk about, Man City versus Atletico Madrid. Man City, the clear favourites for this one. Both teams, though, with good results at the weekend. Manchester City coming away with a pretty routine 2-0 win against Burnley. We know that they can sometimes be difficult to break down. And Atletico Madrid with a 4-1 win over Alaves. Suarez bagged a couple, João Felix bagged a couple, although Suarez didn't start, it was uh, Antoine Griezmann who started, so it's good to see him back, he's been injured for a little while, but with that in mind, I don't think Suarez or Griezmann are going to be great picks, because I don't know which one of them would play, but João Felix has been pretty good over the last few months, he's sort of coming back to the player that I think they thought had signed because he did go off the boil, and particularly at the beginning of the season, he was, he was hopeless, bless him. But it's nice to see him gain a bit more confidence. He's been getting some returns, and like I say, he's topped it off with uh, with two goals at the weekend. He is playing sort of up front with Griezmann. You seen earlier on when we talked sort of false nine kind of position. Um, is there anyone that that you're tempted to go? Off for from an attacking sense in Atletico Madrid, like Felix. And I don't know how attacking we go, but um, I think the players like DePaul and Koke, I think they're just a bit too expensive for what they offer. Um, but no, Felix would be, just in terms of kind of what you were saying, in terms of recent form, he, he definitely would be up there. I think he, he's got that kind of skill set, especially recently playing in just a different kind of role than just the straight up centre forward that we're used to seeing uh, that could potentially give City a little bit of trouble. Laporte, it looks like Laporte and Stones are going to be the centre-back pairing, but we'll see. Um, if Diaz was there, I would have been a little bit more confident in City defence because he goes up against Felix in the national team. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if they both played for Benfica. I don't know. I can't remember. But um, but other than Felix, I'm I'm not too sure. I'm more interested in the ball recovery points, and I'd rather the funds went elsewhere to some of the other teams, normally like the Man City attacking assets, because they're more likely to go in price, and I don't have the biggest budget, so I need to get yeah. them in pretty early to get to make sure they're in my team later in the tournament. 
Yeah, I, and even the defensive assets, I'm not, I'm not too keen on defenders. We know that they can get a yellow or red at any time under Diego Simeone. Unless it was uh, the second leg against Man U, then yeah. I don't know how they escaped yellows. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, and the and the issue with the centre mids is we mentioned Herrera before, but he didn't play at the weekend. I think Condogbia played that role. I don't know which one of them two is playing. We obviously will get to see the lineups, which is great, absolutely fantastic, but that does not help us in two weeks' time. So at this stage, yes, it's fantastic that we get to see if someone isn't playing so that we can avoid them. But that doesn't mean that we should be blind to the fact that they may not play that next game. And that's what really puts me off those players when you compare them to what you said earlier with a Fabinho, with a Rodri, where they're going to play every game in the Champions League. So that's, that would be my take on Atletico Madrid. And it's, they're a topsy-turvy team. I don't think they're anywhere near as consistent as Manchester City. Obviously, we know that they, they have the capabilities to frustrate teams, to be tough. They've been a bit more attacking this year, but you know that's not how they're going to play against Manchester City. They're not going to be that naive. We saw how they played against Manchester United. I do think that for large parts of that first half, they were maybe the better team. But then, as soon as he got the goal, that second half, they killed the game dead, I think. For the last half an hour, the ball was only in play for about 11 minutes. I think we mentioned that on the um, on the draw podcast. So, we know that if they get a lead, it's going to be a very frustrating time for Manchester City. These are experts in that respect. But I don't think they're going to go through. And therefore, I'm less inclined to go for any of these. If I was to go for one, it would be João Felix, 8.9 million midfielder. When I've got to go from habits to someone else, that could be an option. I doubt I will. And the reason being is because I want to try and get to Mares or Foden or De Bruyne, opposed to the risk of João Felix. And that, that's, that's the issue mainly. Um, as for Man City... Plethora of options. Laporte, still cheap as chips on the game. He's 5.3 million. Diaz is, I know we alluded that he's probably injured for this game. I, reports are that it's another two weeks. So uh, Laporte, I think he'd be nailed to play anyway. I've said this before a lot. He's been Manchester City's best defender this year, in my opinion, at defending. Um, I appreciate people will think João Cancelo's been better because of his attacking performances. Um, so I think he's. Still a bargain. If you've got him, keep him. If you don't have him, why not get him in? A lot of people, myself included, took out Joao Cancelo. So I need to get him back. He is an absolute priority for me, especially when I have two Chelsea defenders and Joshua Kimmich. So at least one of those three is going. I think I like to keep Rich James as the cheapest player there. So I think it's between Thiago Silva and Kimmich who's going to get the boot. And it's going to be uh, Joao Cancelo to come in. Midfield, uh, take your pick. Sterling, Foden, Mares, Bernardo Silva, Rodri, if you're looking for the holder, Kevin De Bruyne. Get, get two of them. <laughs> if you can get two of them, get two of them. Uh, we saw how devastating they were against Sporting Lisbon. And I think Atletico Madrid are a better team than Sport and Lisbon. 
but I don't think they're four goals better than Sporting Lisbon. I can see I can see Man City having a having a good time, to be honest. And you want the coverage we talked about with the buying players and it didn't really work out for that first day against Salzburg. It's it's all worked out how we said if the if no one scores Coleman, we'll get in the returns, and obviously he did. And then we said if they go off, you probably won't get much. I think got an assist. But you want the coverage. So the players, the people that had Muller, Lewandowski, Sani, they were the ones that came off. And let's say you didn't have one of them, at least you got the other two. And if you've got, if you had Coleman, he's only got the assist, but you've got two of the others. And at least you've got that. It's it's sort of got a feeling a bit like the um, the Spurs attack in FPL at the minute with Son, Kulazewski and Kane. It's like, you need at least two of them. And then you know that if one of them blanks, the other two are probably going to get something. I mean, they all absolutely run riot against us today. <laughs> um, so I think for Man City, people should have learned the lesson against Sporting Lisbon coverage. I want four Man City players. I want two midfielders and I want two defenders. The defenders are Laporte and Cancelo. The midfielders are I don't know who. It'll be one of Mares, De Bruyne and Sterling plus one of Foden, Bernardo Silva. That's that's what I'm thinking at the minute. I'll obviously have to see what my funds can allow, and I'll obviously be waiting for the team lineup. But we all know this team, the one of, if not the best team in, in Europe. I, mean, I, I know that's a debatable thing, but they're certainly up there as they are favourites in this stage of the competition. What's your feelings towards Man City? How many Man City players have you got? I currently only have Laporte, so definitely need to look into getting uh, some of their players back in. When it comes to the midfield, obviously all the, I mean, they usually play the 4-3-3. Um, so basically the midfield three and the forward three are all midfielders on the game. I guess that helps. So six of their midfielders are going to be on the field. Um, and then they're more likely going to be subbed. So they either way, like the chances are that you're, the midfielder you choose probably will get minutes. Um, especially, I think that's more so prevalent for the second leg when we don't get to see the lineup. We can only rely on it for the first leg. Yeah. Sterling's definitely got the form. He, the, the goals in the international break, he was great before that. Uh, the assists on the weekend. Um, however, the thing that puts me off is that we know what Mares he's got if you look at all the Man City midfielders, he's got 52 points. The next is Bernardo Silva on 37. So he's like miles ahead in the Champions League. Um, and whether that's just a typical like Pep having like a Champions League 11, because we noticed that with Gundogan a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, how he played every- So maybe Mares is that uh, for this year. But, in- but also you've got Grealish coming back into the team. Um, whether he trusts Grealish on the big stage yet, I don't know. He peppers full of praise for Grealish when Grealish was fit at the start of the season. Uh, he played the most consecutive amount of minutes without getting subbed, uh, other than Edison. Um, so and Diaz, I think, but out of the attackers, Grealish, when he's fit, he was in pretty much all of the 11s. So 
it's tough. We know that probably Foden's going to play as the striker, so he's got that going for him. Um, but in terms of attack and returns, especially in FPL, he's not gotten too many lately. Uh, it seems to be mostly from De Bruyne, Sterling, or Mares. So, but obviously they are the three more expensive ones. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> the type of players because Grealish is a dribbler. Uh, Sterling likes to sort of get in behind. De Bruyne prefers to shoot from distance. Mares can do a bit of everything in his own penalties. Foden can do everything in terms of those cute passes, getting in behind, like ghosting, opposed to running in behind like a Sterling. Um, same with Bernardo Silva. And I think we need to look at the type of team that Atletico Madrid are going to be away from home. They're going to be tight, compact. There's not going to be space. I don't think the likes of Grealish and Sterling, actually thinking about it, are going to have a lot of joy trying, and especially when with a player like Sterling, who who's you know he's, he's quite small. I know Foden's quite small as well, but I think he's a, plays a little bit deep. I think they can sort of focus on getting stuck into players like Sterling because Atletico Madrid's defenders are massive. But uh, I'd say Mares being a penalty taker is massive, especially with fouls that Atletico Madrid give away. And Mares also being a free kick taker from in and around the box is going to be massive. So I think he has to be our one point of call. But again, De Bruyne can pick locks and shoot from distance, and I think that could be important. So I'd say, unsurprisingly, those two are the best players to pick, being two of the three most expensive. But it's why I'd also probably go for a Bernardo or Foden actually over Sterling if Sterling was the same price as them. Just I think they're probably more suited to this type of fixture. I probably shouldn't have said the small thing about Sterling because Bernardo's tiny and so is Foden. Yeah. <laughs> My thing is um, more, the Mora's set piece taken is absolutely key. Um, when looking at what Atletico Madrid did against Man U in the first leg, they also did it against Liverpool last year when they progressed. It seems to be their tactic against Premier League teams. They play two defensive midfielders. So we were mentioned before about Herrera, Condogbia. They both played against Manu, which that's something that he doesn't normally do. Um, so he, that three in the middle, two of them are defensive midfielders. And he does that in the first leg. So he, he might be tempted to do that again, just to make sure that in the second leg, they're still in with a chance. Um, and so my argument for playing Grealish is that when he played for Villa, he was the most fouled player in the league. Um, so what better than getting Grealish to get a couple of the Madrid players on yellow cards? Um, I don't know when the cards reset. I know that's coming up soon in terms of suspensions and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, I mentioned before Herrera got a yellow card in both the games against Man U. So that would be where Grealish and Bernardo would potentially shine. So that's my argument for playing Grealish. If I was Pep, knowing that he's he can draw fouls really, really easily. Yeah. But he also knows he can be fouled and not get as injured as, as much as other players. Um, and I think that's what's going for him. So... If I was Pep, that's my argument for playing Grealish, even though he's, he's not in the team long. Um, and then that also benefits Mares and De Bruyne if they do play Grealish on that side. Uh, that's definitely a tactic I think they need to exploit. 
What's your scoreline? I'm going to go Man City 1-0. I'm going to go Man City 3-0. Oh. Mm, I, I feel like even though we both predicted Man City to win, that's kind of like a disagreement because I've said that Atletico would still be in it. And you've said that they're going to absolutely, it's going to be like a sporting type of game. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's one of, I mean, I thought the Madrid, you know what, it could be 3 1 or something, but I do think, I think Man City going to have the pants down. And I think a lot of people are going to expect it to be really tight, but didn't Bayern Munich absolutely batter this lot the last couple of years? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess just last thing on this fixture, uh, are you looking at any captains for this game? Or are you looking at the other game? Other game. Sounds good. I am too. On to the next game of Tuesday. We have Benfica at home to Liverpool. We'll start with Benfica. We probably should have started with Man City for the previous one with them being the home team. But yeah, we are. We never get things right the first time on this podcast, do we, Aaron? Uh, We'll start with Benfica because I don't have loads to say. They rotated at the weekend, getting three two off Braga. But the, there was clearly clearly rotation for the Champions League coming up as Darwin Nunes started on the bench. Um, so I think it's probably a little bit difficult to get too much from the game. Um, but even so, coming into this game of the defeat isn't the isn't the best <laughs> preparation for the game. Uh, Aaron, you are mentioning obviously the price of fullbacks versus centre backs. This is one of the teams where fullbacks are cheaper than the centre backs. Do you think it's uh, worth a punt at all? I think it is, especially for Grimaldo. Grimaldo got the most points last match uh, week. Um, however, when you look at all the defenders in the game, Otamendi is the second, uh, second in the highest scoring. Uh, one point behind Cancelo. Who would have thought that would have happened at the start of the yeah. season? I know we didn't in our previews. Um, but I think because of that, a lot of people will be going towards Otamendi instead. However, Grimaldo is on 42, so he's not that far behind. Uh, and Vertonghen on 41. So these are high-scoring defenders. In terms of looking at the ball recoveries, um, Grimaldo... Uh, just trying to find him here. He got 10 ball recoveries over the two legs um, and got an attack and return, got an assist. So he's cheaper than the other centre-backs. Uh, he's more likely to get an attack and return. Um, it's just whether you want to start Grimaldo against Liverpool. That is the question. I guess because he's playing on the left side, it is the argument about how often Salah and Mane actually lose the ball. Um, but then again, we know that ball recovery points on this. Sometimes a straightforward tackle doesn't count, but then a, the ball hitting off you during a shot does count somehow. So um, I guess it just depends on... I saw a lot of tweets over the weekend saying that Salah is the worst player they've seen be called best player in the world. <laughs> um so I guess on that currency like current bias uh, or recency bias, Grimaldo might be a good shout for ball recoveries, but he also might get booked if Salah gets the wrong side of him. So um yeah. in short, Grimaldo's the only one I'm looking at. <laughs> Would you not go for Darwin Nunes 
as the as maybe a third striker. A spot is 7.7 million, 34 points overall. Got nine points in match day eight uh, with a goal and a player of the match award against Ajax. Is, would... Yeah, sorry, I thought we wanted to talk about the defenders. Um, <laughs> yeah, because obviously we've got him as a third forward, but a couple of people, I think, went on our pun of, is it Ramos? Ramos, yeah. Depends on how many midfielders and defenders you need and what formation you're playing. Um, if you're trying to fit them all in, Ramos might be a shout. Um, well, Ramos is now 4.9 million. Well, he skyrocketed yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, when we, um, when we tipped him, he was sub 4.5, I think. <laughs> um, and he's got six points in his last two games for that amount of money. Um why not? Like, if you want, if you want to stack your midfield, you could you could go with them. But I know we always say forwards are at a premium. So I think it, less so now, though, because most of these teams play four three three, which means the yeah. wingers are midfielders. Um, so there's actually, I would say, there's only two strikers left in the game who are actually worth anything. Lewandowski and well, Muller as well. I get uh, Muller, Lewandowski, Benzema potentially. Is that there? Yeah, at his price, Jota, I guess, because Jota, isn't he, like, the shortest player to have, like, over a certain heading percentage? Like, <laughs> he just always seems to be there and get his head I on think it. He's, all the season from his head, he's, um, his price is good. He's second top goal scorer in the Premier League this season behind Salah, but he doesn't get penalties. I think he's... I know that we mentioned him before the Inter Milan game, he disappointed and then injured so <clears throat> I think it is a sort of score for Portugal as well with a header like, like. I, and the thing is we know that Liverpool like playing away in Portugal but English teams do apparently obviously with Man City <clears throat> beating Sporting 5-0 and they normally go to Porto and win fives and sixes with Manny and Salah and everyone else getting involved and I know that is like absolute an absolute nonsense way to think and I know that there are like proper statisticians that'll be listening to us going, what are you two talking about? This, how a team's performed previously has no impact on how they're going to perform next time. The different, Portal play a different style of Enfica, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm here for it. I'm here for the banter. I'm here. It's a fantasy game that's free. And I'm absolutely getting excited over the fact that Liverpool love to smash Portuguese teams away from home. And I just don't care. about like, what... It's really difficult to go on stats for this competition because the stats are all relative to the league that they play in with the styles that they play. And often you'll go, oh, we'll look at these 30 games. And it's like, well, on Norwich, the same standard as Benfica. So how do you judge? Where do you draw the lines? So I think a lot of the time you do for this competition have to go on form and momentum and, and those feelings and looking at just the general quality of players. So that being said, we'll jump into Liverpool. If you use your wild card, are you getting more Salah? I've already got him. My wild card would be potentially to try and get either Mane or De Bruyne. Because um, I'd have to do quite a lot of shifting of uh, budget if that was the case. Um, I'd probably but go would for you, De Bruyne. But if you're on a wild card, if, you, if you're on a wild card, you don't have to keep Salah. You, 
it's a wild card. Get buy whoever you like. Get oh, no, I would, like. I would keep Salah over Mane. Because um, when I was thinking about getting Mane into my team, it seemed like they were doing... Because Jota was dropped for that little part. Because it seemed like they were going Diaz, Mane up front, Salah. Um, and so that's what made me think Mane. But um, if it was a straight shoot between the two, I'd would go Salah. I think I'm not alone in saying that. That's quite a common opinion. Um, it would just be trying to get the Man City players in mostly. It was why I would use a wild card. Salah no golden open play in eight, eight or nine games, is it now? Just yeah, but it's I don't it's a know. Lot of money. If any other player hadn't scored in eight games from open play, would you buy them for the, the being the most expensive, second most expensive player in the game, most expensive midfielder in the game? However you want to define him, it's expensive. Yeah, he, he is, but it's. it's if there is going to be a player that turns up, it will be Salah. Man. Like, what's Mane's um, goal record currently? I, I, I think he scored more recently. Yes, in yeah, it's just a, it's just a thought. Like, if I think if I was on a wild card, I don't know if I would get Salah. I mean, I'm I have him, and I've only got five transfers, so I know that he'll be staying in my team. Um, but I think if I was on a wild card, I don't know if I would keep them. I don't. I might. I might bottle it. But well, I'm having a, f- a look at the percent selected by um, Salah is selected by 43% of teams currently. Uh, Mane two percent differential, and that's what I need to claw back my rank. But then I'd yeah, have to I'm- pray that Salah doesn't get a return. Big style. Which I don't know if that never works. You see it all the time on people going, uh, like the whole Salah captainers versus non Salah captainers. You see it all the time. It worked this week in FPL this game week. I captain Salah again. I was like, oh, I wanted to take him out for Son, but I had three Spurs players and I didn't want to take a minus four. So I was like, oh, fine, captained him. Could have captained loads of other players and I would have got more points. Yeah. I think Jacob Ramsey's got more points than Salah since January started. Like, you're doing a good job of swaying me. Um, I just don't know if I could, because how often Liverpool get quite a lot of penalties recently. I think, I think they've gotten a penalty in each of their last, like, average a penalty every two games. Yeah. So, on that basis, I don't think Salah's going to be subbed off. Um, which, which Liverpool defenders are you going to go for? I've currently oh. got Trent and Robbo, so I'd keep them. Because uh, ball recovery points, they get more than... Both of them got more than Van Dijk yeah. when I had a look at research. Um, with Trent having the most ball recovery points uh, behind Pavard and Thiago Silva. So... Trent not fully fit for unused substitute. The good thing is we'll know if he's fit or not. Yeah, because if 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 I see that Trent is not, because obviously the starting lineups would really, really help me. If Trent isn't fit, then that could drop him down to Cancelo. Um it's not a big thing of funds, but at least it helps. 
So at the minute, are you not going to try and get Cancelo? No, I was going to drop Kimmich for him. Okay, that's fine. Yes, yeah, so you just go down that avenue instead. If he's injured, for me, I think I'll go straight swap to Robertson or, or Van Dijk, one of the two. I've got yeah. Alisson. My plan is to have two Liverpool defenders, one of the midfielders, which is going to be Salax, that's who I've got. And then I think Jota Diaz, whoever plays, instrumental to have one of those in there um, for their price. It's, it's a total joke. So yeah. watch Firmino start. But I don't. Yeah. to be fair, I, it might be mental if Firmino started because he must be down the pecking order between Jota and Diaz. And Mane might play up front if Diaz plays on the left. But I think... Who knows? It might be a Rigi. It might be a Rigi. It could be a Rigi. Uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain could start on the right instead of Salah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but I, yeah, I don't think there's too many, too many secrets with the Liverpool team. I want to try and aim for four-man City, four Liverpool players. And with that, they play on the first day of the, first day of the match today. And then obviously, I can make any changes if I need to. But I think a minimum of... I said a minimum at the beginning of three of them, but realistically, I think you want to be having four of each. Personally, what's your scoreline for the game? I think Liverpool will win three-one. I'm going to say two-nil. I just don't think Liverpool are playing very well at the minute. Like they, they're playing like champions, where they're not playing well. They've got loads of games. In they're just getting by without too much trouble, but not playing well. They're not very fluid, and it's very understandable because of how many games they've got, the amount of pressure, all the tournaments that they're playing in. So I think they'll get the job done, but I don't think it's going to be. I, I don't think they're going to do an FC Port over a few years ago, but I think they'll get through. So I think that's why I want more of their players, and I don't. I don't think Benfica will score, which is why I want a couple of their defenders. I think if Fabino shouts good as well, that could be an option if I want to go five of them. Mm-hmm. There's I also have... the there's also the options of um, potentially Curtis Jones or Harvey Elliott who are potentially attacking. But I think both the ball recovery points for Fabinho, um, I think definitely outweighs that. And they're probably more likely going to be subbed for Milner halfway through the second half anyways. So... Um, but that their options and they're selected by a, a small percentage on the game as well. So depends how budget you're wanting to go on that. Uh, captains, um, Salah is probably definitely a captain shout. We're just with how highly owned he is, um, but potentially one of the fullbacks. Yeah, I so, agree. I think, well, I, I think, yeah, I think you know what I said before. I'd go for a captain from this game. I might, I might captain Mares. You know, think I'm just trying to think. I just think I fancy Mares more than just with how Liverpool are playing at the minute. I saw watched the Watford game yesterday, and it was, I think it was the only game. Yeah, it was the only game managed cash this week, other than the Newcastle game this afternoon. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't overly impressed. I was very impressed at how they're getting over the line in these games. Incredibly impressive. But Benfica are a, a higher standard of opponent. And if, I've, if I'm saying, I think Liverpool are going to win 2-0, but Man City are going to win 3-1, three, three, then 
surely I should captain a Man City player. That's it's a hard decision. That's gonna be a really hard decision. And it, the, I guess the insurance policy behind it all is knowing that Bayern Munich play the next day. So uh... yeah, that's it. You know what? That's right. You know, I've totally forgot our number one rule: always back a fullback. <laughs> It hasn't so, worked recently. It hasn't worked Hello. recently, but uh here we come. Zinchenko, here we come. Um <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah, I think maybe you're risking the first game. Not a risk, but you know, getting away from Salah because we have Lewandowski in the next game. Or Sane. Uh yeah, yeah, I like that. Next game. So for Chelsea versus Real Madrid, Chelsea at home, I want to keep this one brief. And the reason is, these are two very good teams who have had a bit, have had a bit of a dodgy result over the last couple of weeks. So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Barcelona giving Real Madrid a good hiding 4-0 and then Brentford smashing Chelsea at the weekend 4-1. Is it, it's not great preparation. Real Madrid won 2-1 at the weekend against Sociedad. Um, Benzema scored two pens and missed the penalty. But because we don't know who's going through from this tie, it's kind of the kind of teams that you you want to get a player from each maybe or maybe two from one, one from the other and avoid the rest. You don't want to be left in a situation where you've overcommitted on one and the other one goes through because... I've seen some pundits. I think Jamie Carrick, I was alluding that Chelsea were going through from this time. I've got no idea what realm of reality he's living in. It's Real Madrid. They're a fantastic team. And they have, in my opinion, the best number nine in the world in Benzema. I know Lewandowski exists. I know Harry Kane exists. I know Haaland exists. For me, Karen Benzema is the best number nine in the world. That's my opinion. I've not always felt that way. I do remember when he was absolute dog shit for two years. Uh, <laughs> but he, he's he's been absolutely fantastic since Ronaldo left. He was great when Ronaldo was there, to be fair, for most of it. But he's really, really turned it up. And he he is the one that I'd go for from Real Madrid because I I have no idea how this game's going to go. Literally none. So do you try and back a Real Madrid defender when... I think we're all pretty set up in defence. And when we want to get big players in, we're looking at Cancelos to bring in. So maybe if you've got already got Cancelo and you have two Chelsea defenders and you think, well, I only want one of them, I need to take one out and the rest of my defence is fine. Then, yeah, I think Militao, Carvajal, David Alaba, depending on your budget, um, go for, I'd, I'd go for one of those personally. I'm not in that situation. I, I don't know if you're considering any of the defence. I would not be going for midfielders from Real Madrid. They chop and change a lot and their returns are at an absolute minimum anyway. And then I think in the forward areas, you are looking at Benzema or Vinicius Jr. And I honestly think it's probably going to be a, a budget situation at this point if you can't afford Benzema and maybe some other players. I do think Vinicius Jr., is a really good asset to try and get. But that being said, if you've got the money, you go Benzema. He's on penalties. We've seen that. Chelsea had some defensive frailties. The, they managed to get things back together over the sort of last six to eight weeks. But that was a, that was a bit of a scare. That 4-1 four, that four sort of came out of nowhere. They weren't playing a massively weakened team or anything. I know Aspilicueta was right back or, or right wing back. 
um, instead of Reese James. So Reese James will likely come in. And by all accounts, Aspilicueta was awful at the weekend. Um, as someone with four Chelsea players, we're two defenders in Thiago Silva and Reese James. I only want one of those. I have Kante and Havertz. I only want one of those. <laughs> Maybe even none of them, we'll see. Um, but in in all likelihood, I think Rich James is a really good defender to have from Chelsea because of his attacking potential up and down that uh, Real Madrid's left-hand side. And then I think Kante is always capable of getting player of the match. He got player of the match twice, I think, against Real Madrid last year. Ball recoveries. I know that you said his position might be in doubt because of his performance at the weekend. I'm not too sure. Uh, I know I was joking about the Rudiger assist, but I, I still think he might be safe. Habits is obviously been in good form and he could go off. Mason Mount could. Pulisic could. Pulisic got, got a goal in last year's fixture, but it's a lot of money when we have Bayern playing Villarreal, Liverpool playing Benfica and Man City playing Atletico Madrid. I think this is one to try to avoid a little bit, maybe get one of each, maybe add your bets with two versus one. And then that way you've got a player going into the next the next round. <clears throat> but even then they're going to be up against Bayern Munich. So see how that goes. What's your thoughts on this? So in terms of the Chelsea um, midfielders, Havertz is definitely shooting up in price. Um, but still quite low owned. So I think that's really interesting. It's definitely forms played a part there. Um, he was also singled out by FPL Austria uh, on his thread. Um, but he's 3% owned, which makes him only above Ziesch, Hudson Adoy, Pulisic in terms of people who play for Chelsea in their midfield. Um, so Havertz is starting up front. Scoring big goals, still being a differential is really, really interesting. In terms of the defense, obviously the Reese James injury is going to play a big part. Um, but he's still the cheapest out of the, the ones that we would want to aim for. Marcus Alonso is 0.2 cheaper, but he didn't get any ball recoveries in at all when I was doing looking through the research. Um and so it's tosh. Yeah. He is and also the fact that. I think Reese James versus uh, Vinicius is going to be a really interesting battle. Going back to our uh, football fights, um, it's going to be a really, really uh, good watch, I think, that one. Um, and we'll see uh, how Reese James does. I- I'm confident that he'll do well, but Vinicius Jr., he's got that unpredictability. He's playing very, very well. Yeah, so. Madrid and for, and for Brazil. Um, something I found interesting was that with, well, Rudiger is the most owned Chelsea defender. He's the most expensive Chelsea defender, but he actually got the mo- least ball recovery points out of all of them. Uh, obviously, we know Thiago Silva's performance, which I've alluded to a few times, but uh, Christensen is the third highest scoring centre-back or defender in thingy, but obviously it depends on his fitness as well. So, yeah, so many question marks. I don't know whether if you'd want to spend this money on in the first day of games and then potentially bring them in for next lot of transfers 
once you know it's a little bit clearer and then you know which of the two teams to kind of transfer in if if this first leg is really really if one team comes out the blocks and looks comfortable that they're going to win um you could possibly start to load in on that team seeing like the two are quite evenly priced um forwards for chelsea I think more so if Werner's playing Real Madrid defender, please, because the ball recoveries are going to be unreal. I'd suggest people listen to our spaces. Um, it's through the Fantasy Football Scout account. That'll be at UK time, 5pm, I believe. Uh, let me just double check the exact time on that. Uh, maybe 5.30. 5.30 on Tuesday. Lewis is uh, not only is he excellent at, at, um, at going through threads, looking at statistics, that sort of thing. He is a he is a Chelsea fan, so if you want any Chelsea information, he's usually really spot on with his with his analysis of the games. That's at ffs underscore community. That'll be the account that we go through, I believe. If not, it'll be the standard fantasy uh, football scout. And we'll account. retweet it as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you are Curious about Chelsea assets, I'd go through. I'd go through that one. But for me, this game's generally an avoid. I have four players. I want Benzema. That's that sorted. And I want rid of two Chelsea players, so I've got two left. Pretty bog standard. What's your scoreline for this game? I've been going back and forth, you know, the whole time we've been talking. Um, uh, because I'm mostly leaning towards Real Madrid winning, to be honest. So I'm going to go Real Madrid 2-1. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Not too far off. I think 1-1. One, one. Uh, last game, we've got Villarreal versus Bayern Munich. Villarreal are in dreadful form. Lost three of the last four games. Uh, they've lost 1-0, 1-0, 2-0. A in between those fixtures, they won 1-0. So that is one goal scored in four games. That's not, not great for all of our all of our Dan Juma picks. Uh it's 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 bad for them. Danny Parejo was the player that scored the only goal in those four games. And they're up against one of the most lethal teams in Europe over the last four or five years. They're absolutely insane by Munich. For Villarreal, if you've got Dan Juma, you can keep him. I think at his price, he still he's, he played up front at the weekend. Um so he's still out of position. He's still really cheap if you've got him. I don't also think... Bayern Munich don't keep many clean sheets. Yeah, I think like... he's still a good. He's still a good shout. Um, I'm, I'm keeping him. I think if you're on a wild card, I don't. I don't think I'd get him in. But if I've got him, I, there's no reason to get rid. He's one of those kind of players. Um, and then. Just with how they're playing, I wouldn't be interested in anyone else. I know that there is Perejo and Capu, um, and Alberto Moreno sort of comes in and out, and he's four point whatever million. He's really dirt cheap. So I think there's a few players there to tease you. There was but... one player who I found um, 4.6 S. Dupinan. Don't know if I pronounced that right. I definitely haven't actually. I'm going to so... take a wild guess that you didn't. Yeah, you would think. Uh, it didn't roll off the tongue as I was planning. Um, defender, I'll have a quick look. So basically, he's a left back. Um, 
normally uh, they've got someone else playing there. You'll be have a different name on Google to what he does on the app. On the app, he's Pedraza. Um, yeah. Oh, I've got, quite... I've got uh, is the name that you so eloquently described. How would you say it? No idea. <laughs> um, I don't know. So anyway, 4.6. <laughs> what did you say? What was his first name? Oh, that's uh, for the actual starter, the person who started the last few games. Um, to yeah, 4.6 million, 21 points overall. Yeah, he got 10 of them in the la- uh, in the the over the knockouts. Uh, in, and he only came on as a sub in the first leg. But in the second leg, he got 10 ball recovery points. Um, if we get any wind on the fact that he's going to play again, because he did really, really well against Juventus. Um, I think he could potentially be a cheap, cheap enabler if I've we find out that he's starting. That Juventus' right winger will not be quite the same as Serge Gnabry. What are you saying about Dybala? Exactly. <laughs> Dybala on the right, was he? No, I, I can't remember. I think they played Dybala on the left. Um, yeah, I think... I think- uh, I think it was Morata. Well, he a little bit better than uh, Juventus's. It was Quadrado. Of course it was Quadrado. Yeah. Um, yeah, Quadrado, Nabri, pretty close in quality. Um, but, he, <laughs> but either way, um, I just thought that was quite interesting in terms of a cheap player that if we find out if he's playing, he did, he did perform quite well when asked. Um, but it doesn't look like he'll be the starter. Uh, 5.3 for the starting left back uh, going up against the snail that is the Bayern wingers. Yeah. The, um, I've got Ruli as my second goalkeeper. That's distressing. Uh, I think I just have to leave Allison in. If Allison conceded, I think I'd be psychotic to even change. Like if Allison got two points, I think I'd be like, all right, Allison, cut my losses. Um, with Ruli, so that's a shame. Five million. I think he's just gonna have to stay there. I'm gonna have to do that. Obviously, I can play him in the um then the second leg for the first game. Hope that he doesn't get sent off and take that risk, that'll be fine. So it's not all not all hope is gone, but I think he's gonna be a transfer out. We'll jump into Bayern, I think, it's just for the best. Yeah. Um we've mentioned these a gazillion times. I've got Kimmich. And I kind of, if you've got to buy a defender, it's a bit of a headache because you said Pavard's obviously doing really well with ball recoveries, etc. He gets the odd assist. Kimmich got another assist at the weekend. Bayern Munich won four-one, I think. Um, let me get the goal scorers up to have. I think someone said it in our Champions League chat on Twitter that uh, Kimmich gets an assist every game except for Champions League games. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, unlucky. <laughs> or was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's the he's the Bayern Munich version of Christensen from uh, Salzburg. He scores <laughs> scores every game in the league, and then cannot cannot score for Toffee in the Champions League. Yes, Sabitzer scored. Nabri assist. Nabri only came off the bench, got a goal and assist. Kingsley Coleman scored, and Leon Goretzka scored, and Joshua Kimmich got the assist for that. They did as ever concede a goal. So I just think it's too many pennies. For Kimmich. So he's not he's he's not a priority yet. 
But if I if I use my four four transfers, um, because it depends on Trent's situation. If Trent doesn't start, then I, I think I have to go with him down. Um, obviously, I want Thiago Silva away. So, but by the looks of my team, I think I'll end up making two forward changes, one midfield change, and two defensive changes. I think that's going to be my five. Um, and Kimmich down to Cancelo is, or maybe it's even up to, I don't I can't remember how much Cancelo is. Uh, it's around the same price, though. I don't think there's much in it. Is probably what I'm going to go for because I just don't trust them not to concede. Uh, I have Sani and Lewandowski. And I arguably should have another one of their players because they're just mental how good they are. They are so and yeah, I kind of wish I had more had more money and more transfers so I could just pile in to like either get Muller up front or to get Coleman in midfield as well, to get um like Jota and stuff up front. Like there's too many players that I want in Bayern. I think if it's Sane, Lewandowski, Muller, Coleman, Nabry, try and have three out of them five. I know money's going to be so tight. Got to have at least two. If you don't have two, I'm not entirely sure how you're playing the game. But uh, I mean, to be fair, Aaron, you probably don't have Lewandowski. So I do now. I do now. Um, it's good to see Goretzka back. Um, yeah back from injury and amongst the goals. Um, I think he's too expensive for an option. I think he's in and around seven, if I remember correctly. So it's probably too expensive for the type of players that we're looking for. Um, but I've, I've currently got Coleman, Sane, Lewandowski and Kimmich. So um, that's the struggle is if I want Man City assets, I've potentially got to unless I free up some funds elsewhere, go Halle to someone really, really cheap and don't get in Benzema, then it's looking like you have to get rid of a Bayern Munich midfielder to go to Man City midfielders, which is that's going to be the struggle that I'm against. So um, it's it's things like that that are making me want to go wild card because then I can play around with it more. Uh, but ultimately, I'm just going to end up sitting on my app overthinking all the transfers and get all of them wrong. And that's ultimately how my seasons went. And uh, I look forward to more of the same. Me too. No, I want you to do well, Aaron. I want you to do well. What's your, what's your scoreline for this game? Uh, Bayern Munich will win. If the question is by how many. Um, obviously, uh, they'll concede. So I'm going to go 4-1. I'm just looking at the. Uh, I know the formation. They played a four-two-three-one again at the weekend, so I just want to see who the defenders were really quickly. Uh, so they had Luca Hernandez at left back, Upmo Meccano and Nianzu as centre backs, Pavard right back, Goretzka and Kimmich in the middle. I think is Sula on the bench. Uh, he's contract dispute, isn't he? Yeah, he was on the bench. Because um, Nian, Nianzu is dirt cheap because he came up on the uh, thing and he actually got a few ball recovery points. I think he got four. He got he did get a yellow card, but um, yeah, four ball recovery points in twenty minutes. <laughs> I think if I think if 
Bayern play that team, a four, or just a 4-2-3-1, then dare I say, I think they might keep a clean sheet. I said this before the previous game, if they play a three at the back, then yeah. they just afford so much space to the opposition. And against a good team, they'll, they'll get hurt. I think they need to play a four at the back. So if they play a three at the back, I think they'll win 3-2. If they play a four at the back, I think they'll win 4-1 as well. Nearly 4-1. If uh, hopefully Nianzu plays, because then uh, just going through the transfers in my head, especially if Trent doesn't play, Trent to Nianzu, if Sula's going to be frozen out of the team, then that means he's potentially Nianzu's going to play both legs. It might just, and then I'd might probably just keep him. I'd, even if even if Bayern Munich got kicked out, I'd probably keep him just because then that would mean I would go up, uh, possibly Dan Juma up to a Man City attacking midfielder, and I wouldn't have to lose any of the Bayern Munich wingers. Yeah, that would um, be the dream. <laughs> you're not going to see it until the second leg, though, unfortunately. Yeah. I did save a team before I came on holiday. I've not looked at it since, I'll be honest with everyone. I'm not going to look at it again until Tuesday. I'm uh, probably just going to hammer German media outlets and <laughs> try and get <laughs> predicted lineups. Sorry. I'm just trying, no, it's all right. I, I, I'm still just trying to... Is this it? I already disagree with myself. <laughs> I'd taken out Kante and Havertz for Mares and Kondogbia. And I put it, and I took out Kimmich for Cancelo, and I took out Halle and Anthony for Jota and Benzema. Uh, so it's not the worst team in the world. I've got four Liverpool there. I'd have three Man City. I'd have two Chelsea. I'd have two Bayern. Doesn't really fit the, the template that I want. One Real Madrid and two Villarreal. So I. Th- I already, after doing this podcast, have little things with that where, you know, is 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 it better to go maybe Thiago Silva, just another defender, keep Kante in there, um, and, and you know maybe even try and try and get another. I need another Man City midfielder really, so I'm at a loss, Aaron. I'll try and get a team posted on Twitter once I've played around. I'll probably play around with it when it's like midday or something and I've got to sit in the shade for an hour or whatever. Uh, and I'll try and get a team out on Twitter. Do you have any... Like, so you don't even know if you're wildcarding yet or not. Do you, do you know what your five subs are? Yeah, transfers are for you? My top, priority player, my top priority players I want to bring in is a premium Man City midfielder, if possible. I would settle with Mares. Um it's not a bad person to settle on, is it? Um, and Cancelo. Uh, having a second playing goalkeeper is definitely something that I would like as well. But Halle to someone, uh, so that's four already. So it really yeah. just depends on what I do with that extra one. Because my thing about wild carding is that I've, it's so many transfers um, for two games, basically. Um, even just for the because I'll get three more or two more for the next one. So uh, it's a lot of transfers given. But kind of what you said in the uh, during the draw, 
was uh, you want to take advantage of these lineups because the semifinals it's only going to get harder and we'll gravitate towards the same teams anyways. Use a wild so card on my mind. If you, if you use a wild card later, let's say you use it in between legs. We don't know what the scores for the first leg is going to be. That might throw things up in the air. You, if you use it before the semi-final, you're still only using it for two games and the most you want to get out of it ever is three. At least now, you know you can get it for five games. And I think the, I think the draw's been kind. You know that you can just go for four, four and four from Man City, Liverpool, Bayern Munich. Get yeah. Four from each. And then the rest you can play around with. I think I just need, I, I mean, think my I, biggest thing is like, but. yeah, my biggest thing just before we finish is like, because you know that I'm not a risk taker. Normally it's, it's all like pretty calculated, except going without Lewandowski. Um, but like, in, but the, kind of how I've always played other things, but with FPL this year, it's, it's been completely opposite where I've just been like, right. Minus seven, oh, minus seven, minus, minus eight. Seven. That is a risk. I don't know how you manage that one, Aaron. <laughs> My, minus eight, minus 12. Yeah, let's do it. And then um, this is by far the highest I've, I've ever, ever been. I, I didn't know that number existed in FPL. Two million. <laughs> uh, 109,000, thank you. Oh, well done. Um, Probably not anymore after I don't know what I've not looked at it today, but I think that just shows that I just need to, especially with this kind of season with having such a bad start, why not just go for it? And I think that's kind of F, my FPL performances have swayed me to potentially just go all differential, and that's why Marne is still in my thinking. Aaron, have some fun, honestly. You're at, this, at the point now. Pick some players that you want to see do well or you want to watch or you like bit of gut instinct. I think that's really important now. Let's just do it then. You've swayed yeah. that. This chat has swayed me, and that's why I like doing this podcast. Because I would be In, so bad if I didn't hear from you. <laughs> send me uh send me at some point uh, a wildcard draft. I'll tweet it and, and get people's uh, thoughts. And I'll leave an open forum for everyone to slag it off. Is I'll have you do that? as brutally as possible, um, no one will be blocked, deleted, uh, or reported for the nasty things you say about it. Um, and I myself will also join this bandwagon. Uh, yeah, and we will good. try and get Aaron a fun team for the rest of the season. Why not? Sounds good. To do that, we are on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod. Hopefully you're following us by now. Uh, if you're watching us, you know that we're on YouTube. I promise I won't be doing many more of these in a creased vest. I swear. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you can't see us, and my creased vest, you are very, very lucky on this occasion. Aaron, thanks so much for jumping on. As ever, look forward to slandering your wildcard team. Best of luck, everyone, for the upcoming games. We aren't going to have this format for much longer, unfortunately, I don't think. Uh, come, was it 2024 with whatever garbage they proposed? So let's enjoy it well we can. Have a great week, and we'll see you again shortly. Bye now.